Hello, everyone. Coming to you from Maggie's Floor in onesies with mimosas in hand, a very special episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian. This is Maggie. And on this episode, we have a very special guest, Emma. Hello. We are super excited to have Emma. We have had her husband on for our The Room episode in the past, and we've been trying to get Emma on actually since last Halloween, I think. But she was just being a career badass in Puerto Rico, so we We had to wait until now. We judge her. And we're very jealous. I lived on a beach, so I can't complain. (laughs) Hence the jealousy. (laughs) So on this episode, uh, to get in the holiday spirit, we are doing 1983's A Christmas Story. This is a comedy directed by Bob Clark and based on Gene Shepard's 1966 book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, and his 1971 book, Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories and Other Disasters. I just love these book names. I want to read them so badly. I imagine that a lot of people who like celebrate Christmas and are super into Christmas movies, this is probably one of their family Christmas movies. I know it's one of Emma's family Christmas movies, which is why she chose this. Yes, it's about the only thing that qualifies me to speak about this is I am also a Midwesterner, and this is a very Midwestern movie. Still Midwestern. And as I was telling Maggie and Ian, you know how they run the 24-hour marathon of this, and people will like tune in for one or two. No, no, my family will watch the entire thing for all 24 hours. That actually started. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a 24 hour marathon because my family, we would generally like kind of like tune in partway through and then we'd end up like watching the whole thing. But like, but in bits and pieces. Yeah, like I, this was the first time I've sat down and watched like the entire thing in probably 10 years. Same. But it's um, so much better than I remember. It's good. (laughs) I, it was not as, I, for some reason, I remembered it being like super long. But it's not. It's an hour and a half. But it is a lot. It's just more of a series of vignettes than like having a real plot. But they're all kind of tied together with this wonderful nostalgia that really keeps you invested. Um, But that like 24 hour TNT and TBS marathon actually started in 1997 um, because TNT and TBS, part of the Turner Networks, when Ted Turner bought the MGM backlog in 1986, he also got the rights to the to a Christmas story because it was distributed and produced by MGM. Yeah. Now, I do want to say really quickly that I had no clue that it was made in the 80s. For some reason, I had it in my head that this movie was from like the 60s. Well, I always thought it was set in like the 50s, 60s, but there are like definitely some cues. Apparently, they never say a year, although it's definitely 1939 or later because there's the Wizard of Oz characters Mm -hmm. in the Christmas Mm -hmm. Parade. But they kind of wanted it to be like this just late 1930s, early 1940s-ish feel to it. I mean, those Packard cars, like... Yeah, well, and you see, like, the uh, man and the lady in uniform in front of the store window and stuff. So, like, Mm -hmm. once you pay attention, it feels a little bit more 30s and 40s, but I always assumed it was, like, 50s and 60s because there seemed to be too much permed hair. (laughs) But there's little things that break it, too, like the elves and Santa and kind of just... um... Oh, their banter is the best. Yes, but it doesn't seem like something that would have happened in the 40s. It seemed very 80s. So every now and again, too, you get little little breaks i think that's wonderful anachronisms and it kind of throws the time and makes it a little more more timeless yeah something that everyone it's kind of fun too because like if you watch a lot of stuff from like the 30s and 40s especially christmas movies and even like the 50s and 60s they're always so cheerful and like think about like the leave it to beaver family like Mm -hmm. it's that like perfect little sitcom family this family not perfect (laughs) they remind you of like all of the like 
bickering that can go on during the holidays. So it makes it feel more modern. And also like you're kind of getting like the peek behind mm-hmm. this like curtain of the American family. But I love that because... It makes it more relatable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like they are us and we are them. Well, it's actually, you know, Maggie, you used the word nostalgia. And actually, I, I was reading a piece where the writer called it anti-nostalgic because like the Santa, it's very um, sarcastic mm-hmm. and it shows all of these things that aren't perfect. So he was kind of like, it's anti-nostalgic. But I feel like kind of like you guys said, what makes it nostalgic is it's so yeah. relatable. Well, and I think that that says something about our personalities too, that they're like, this is anti-nostalgic. And we're like, oh my God, we love it. It reminds us of our childhood. <laughs> like, not that we've had bad childhoods or anything. I don't want to make it sound like that, but just that like, we all love like a good I like to call it a good bad story. It's like the thing that when it's happening, you're like, man, this sucks. But man, this is going to be such a good story later. Like, I'm going to laugh about this so much later. So in reality, this is a story without a story. It's kind of the story of survival of Christmas. And I feel like kind of in the the, there's always been movies like this. Like, you know, I'm going to tell a story that's just about people's lives. And I feel like at the end, you're always left like a little empty at the end of those. At least I personally am. Yeah. You're like, what's the point? My art appreciation just isn't at that level. But... (laughs) But I think this is kind of like, and you know, I appreciate those make me think and all that. But like, I'm I'm never left fully um like like Roma. Like I I watched that. I love the mm-hmm. director. I I've spent time in that neighborhood, and I left at the end being like, oh, it just makes me feel kind of empty inside. Um, where this one, it's about nothing again. But somehow you're left like with these warm fuzzies inside. Well, I think one, especially for us, it's a very relatable experience. So I think that kind of helps, like, our appreciation for it. I also, there is, like, a tenuous plotline with the Red Rider BB gun. Like, so there Mm -hmm. is, like, the kid does have a goal that he's working towards. And then at the end, it backfires on him a little bit, but he still kind of gets it. So, like, literally, yeah. So there is, there is, like, there is a character who is working towards something and there are obstacles in his way. So it, like, gives you just enough, I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, to be able to be, like, even though there's feels like there really isn't much of a plot that like you do feel like a story was told. Maybe that's the difference because I was trying to put my finger on it and I personally I, had trouble. I think that's with it because I thought it. about it too and I think I had a note where I was like, man, there's actually like no plot to this. It's just vignettes. Well, and I was yeah. kind of talking about like it's also the survival of Christmas and like it's such a high stress season for so many people and it's something where you should be enjoying the family. So you watch the family kind of get torn apart, put back together, and then mm-hmm. at the end that. I guess I won't jump into it, but that I love that scene at the end with yeah. the mother and the father and the snow falling. Yes. Um, yeah, it is. It, it really, yeah, they do, I think, bring stuff around enough and it fe- it feels like a conclusion. Yes. Yeah. Normally we talk a lot about like cinematography and stuff like like score. Well, it is beautifully shot. Sc- and the and score is actually really effective. Yeah. Well, in and places. there were a couple, a couple points that I wanted to like bring that up, but honestly, a lot of this is going to be me quoting the movie. I'm I guess, not mad at it. Well, that ma- that <laughs> reminds me, too. And I was reading, and it's really interesting because you don't notice it. It's very subtle. But they shot the whole movie from the vantage point of Ralphie. And I was mm-hmm. actually reading they cut out the floors on that house in a lot of places so that they could sink the camera and walk the camera around. Oh, like, that's at, so cool. So the world was all seen. And you don't really There's, notice there it. There is one scene where it's super – the scene with the mall Santa, it is super noticeable. <laughs> but other than that, it is like a more of a thing where you're like, yeah, everything is filmed like at – kid height for well, the I, most part and so many of the actors are kids you don't always notice it too yeah so. exactly or the adults are sitting a lot like yeah like you you have entire scenes where there's no adult 
Anyways, I didn't mean to sidetrack it, but I think from a, no, a film all. perspective. Great observation. You clearly did so much more research than we did. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we start with this introduction of like, okay, it's Christmas season. We get this beautiful period window dressing where it's like, okay, this is the destination that you go. And you're like, I want all of the stuff in there. Now, I don't know about you all, but this scene, I remember it feeling kind of sinister when I was a kid, and it still kind of felt that way to date in like a really weird way with the way that the carols kind of clashed with the soundtrack when he starts talking about the BB gun and all of that. <clears throat> so oh, I don't know yeah. if that was just me, but it just felt I don't know if weird. I it felt sinister to me so much as just like this intense kid focus. And I do love because... I can be very kind of mm, on voiceover. Mm-hmm. I'm very picky on it. I love the voiceover here. And I love the way this like kind of like adult eloquence contrasts with all of the like kids and what they're doing and like their expressions and everything. And the uh, Peter Billingsley, who plays Ralphie, is fantastic. The entire time. And I love yes. in that window scene how we are kind of in the window case with everything and we can't actually hear anything going on outside the window case and we just see ralphie like mouthing the words to the red rider bb gun sign <laughs> as like the voiceover is going like i don't know why you've got like the one kid i think it's it's flick with like his nose up against the window i mean uh, randy is my personal favorite and he's got, I love randy he just got his full face pressed against the glass like drool coming gotta down. be so close to the action i but- love randy so much Randy's my favorite character. <laughs> he he his yeah, he he involves but I think also from like and you know, maybe we don't get this down here in Atlanta, but these just exquisite window decorations. It's mm-hmm. a northern uh I've heard New York does it. I've never been for Christmas time. I'm going to New York next week for work, so I'm actually gonna see if it's not too cold and I'm not it, it, gonna it, die leaving my hotel room. Um I have lots of good cold weather gear. You must Northern cities in Christmas time are magical. Like Southern cities, just I actually oh, I thought you were going to say bitterly cold and uncomfortable. But I think no, it's only going to be in like the forties when I'm there, and I <laughs> but, do have a new coat. But in Chicago, I remember every year we'd go see the window decorations in downtown Chicago with my family, similar to what they're doing, and it's overwhelming, and you see everything, and it's moving and decorate and the colors, and I think they just captured that so well. Like this, you know, as a child, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Even as an adult, it's kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But but just the colors and the magic and everything and and that's always how i feel when i come into this is like it's overwhelming you with the colors and the magic of the holiday season and immediately immerse it you. really especially with that opening it makes you so excited about christmas because i feel like a lot of times when you're an adult like christmas mm-hmm. you still like christmas you I'm don't assuming get to stop also and smell the roses like, like well, you and, can as a and, kid blanketing this if you celebrate christmas yeah, we true, all true. obviously our family celebrate christmas so that's the traditions we're familiar with that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about that's why we're doing like a Christmas story and stuff like that. But um, it makes you excited because as an adult, it's like it almost kind of sneaks up on you and like you have to work and then you also have to like coordinate buying presents and exchanging presents. You're trying to see like coordinate seeing family. You're trying to coordinate maybe seeing a significant other's family, seeing your friends during the holidays. Like it's just as much as you love it, you can forget sometimes kind of like what that excitement feels like and kind of like what it's about. Yeah. I am already tired thinking about (laughs) what I'm going to do. Ian was up late at a Christmas party last night and almost watched the wrong movie until I texted him. I was really glad you texted me because also this movie was an hour shorter than the other one. Yep. Anyway, so after that really fantastic opening scene, I love the introduction to the entire family that we get. That poor put-upon mom. Oh, well, 
but even before that, you get the two brothers up in their room, and mom calls up and is like, get down here right now. And <laughs> they're fighting over who gets to get in the dresser first, which I found so relatable as somebody <laughs> who has a younger brother. <laughs> and then when you get downstairs, you get an introduction well, to the father. Wait, can like, I point out, oh, yeah. when he goes into the parents' room to put the Red Rider BB gun <laughs> magazines, they have the two twin beds. Yes, yes. How 30s and 40s is that? Like, I, cause I, That was so perfect. I love that they did that, because it is this just beautiful touch because i feel like that wasn't actually a thing for sure that was definitely just a thing they did in movies maybe i don't actually i feel like it was definitely just a thing done in movies because of censorship i know there are plenty of people that don't co-sleep now because you sleep better but so i have to i'll have to ask my grandmother but my parents were like no that's kind of which then leads you to uh, my parent my i know my grandmother her parents slept separately yeah um and actually slept with their kids because you know poor (laughs) but um like i think to a certain extent that wasn't out of the norm i think that'd be a good question yeah i've always i've always wondered about that because you definitely see a shift in that when the haze code comes in because there Mm -hmm. are plenty of movies from the 20s and 30s where you will see like a couple's bedroom and there is just one big bed Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that was maybe a period place on them. Yeah, so that's which why not, I thought it was in the sixties. Which does which does lead you to <laughs> well, wonder how children 60s, got I made. I don't know if they were doing well, like, that anymore. Because I Love Lucy like was 61. the one that broke the I Love Lucy show is the one that broke that. Oh. So we got introduced to the kids. Now we're getting introduced to the mom, like doing her thing in 40s style where she's making sure everybody's fed and breakfast. Breakfasted, is that a word? Sure, is um, now. We're going to make it a word. Um, and then the father there just being like, I'm going to work on my paper and my crossword. That and grumpy all father. <laughs> he does such a good job at this character. And we immediately, well, not immediately, but almost immediately roll into the first battle with the furnace. Wait, we first, though, is this before or after the furnace where we get our first, you'll shoot your eye out, kid? Oh, I don't know. It's in this general area. Oh, Oh, yes. Because Ralphie's plotting the entire way down how to get his parents, well, hint at his parents that he wants a BB gun. A Red Rider BB gun. Ian, with the compass. And the thing that tells time. Yeah. AKA a watch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a clock. Oops. (laughs) Yeah, yes. No, and he, he gets so excited, he blurts it right out. And I honestly think that is the only time his father ever heard mention of that. If I think throughout the whole movie, which, which is so endearing, which will come back around, which, yeah, when we get to the end, I want to talk about the father again as a character because it adds this wonderful nuance yes. to his character. The father is a very, for me personally, a very relatable character, mm-hmm. um, kind of gruff. Not openly loving, but but deep down a real soft. I feel like I like to joke with my dad that he's that dad, but like he he never was. Like my dad was big on like I play catch with the kids, like I watch movies with the kids. Like my he traveled a lot, but he was like a very involved mm-hmm. dad. Made time to But be whenever a dad. he's grumpy, I like to <laughs> call him the dad from a Christmas story or be like, okay, boomer. <laughs> oh. No. So, yeah, but this is when you get that first what like one of my favorite lines about how the father weaves a tapestry of obscenities that is still hanging somewhere over Lake Michigan. Which I want to bring up later because and I like that the way they never actually have the swear words in the movie. Oh, yes. that they, instead, yes. they have like the mumbo jumbo. But, you know, although he does say bastard. Yeah, well, I picked up on that. But, but, like but that's at like a critical too, but... moment at which he says it. 
Yeah, too. but I I just want to I want to like note that there is a whole bit about the father swearing because it, there's something later that comes up. Oh yes. Yeah. So oh, actually yes. actually reading back in my research I was doing last night by reading one article, it was actually the department store that they partnered with. Yeah, didn't want swearing and asked to edit the script for swearing, which I think actually in this case was a good thing. I mean, I scream platypus all the time now when I'm mad. Oh, that's so good. I just scream fuck like a normal adult because I was allowed to swear as a child. As long as I didn't do it in public. And generally, it was only allowed when discussing politics, sports, or if I stubbed a toe. I mean, those were the conditions. As a Midwesterner, and I milked them. my entire family relates to the father. Like even the women in my family are like, like, <laughs> like I always joke. Like my family just swears like sailors. It's our means of communication. Like it's how we, it's how we work. And just like where he comes in, just the trail of swear words. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> how my, it's like my family's love. Well, language. and I also with the, um, the boiler. It reminded me so much of when, when I was younger, we used to have this like really old BMW that <laughs> in the winter wouldn't start sometimes just wouldn't start and we would need to like jump it and i just my mom getting into the car and it not starting battery just like (laughs) i mean we did eventually but like eventually (laughs) i just but the string of creative swearing that my mother would do (laughs) with some of my best swears from sanj thank you sanj Yes, I always said my father used swearing more regularly than my mother, but it was truly an art form for my mother. Oh, like, yes, like the, the phrases she would weave together were eye-opening. So what was that line about how my father used swear words like a sculptor uses clay or It was oils, that medium, or... yes. <laughs> well, and also speaking of the cars, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, some men are Baptists, some men are Catholics. My man, was, my old man was, was an Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile man. So, and oh how he was complaining about how the thing would freeze over in summer. Yep, so. exactly. I was like, oh my God, relate to that. <laughs> so we, we roll into something that I was never able to relate to, but thought was hilarious was the, I can't move my arms. <laughs> I feel like so, I've been brought up. I feel like we're <laughs> just picturing it. I feel like this is the scene I've been brought yes, in Emma, for. Yes, Emma, please explain to us this because for, I, for my northern consultation. Oh, I, yes. So do enlighten us, Emma. It's time, it's time for Ask a Northerner. <laughs> so on this Ask epi- a Yankee. So, so on this episode of Ask a Midwesterner. Um, no, it was really funny. We were watching it and they put him into his full jumpsuit and Brian goes, could you never put your arms down at one point in time? And I said, no, thank God. By the time the early 90s came around, technology had advanced. <laughs> And we could, but you best believe that's what all of my parents went to school wearing. I just, I love that it's just Randy, though, because Ralphie gets to wear normal clothes. Well, so as you're... because Randy is a poor child that needs, like, love and care. Well, so as you're... as you're wrapping the scarf all the way around his head. I don't know what it is, but, like, as you're younger, you bundle up more. So, like, I had the full onesie probably up until I was about two or three. I think it's because your parents think you're more delicate. They're like, I have to protect my baby. And then you, like, put up a fight when you're an older well i think i think also like as a a child you're not going to be able to notify someone if you're going frostbite or something like that so they need to make sure you're fully encapsulated (laughs) (laughs) i mean and boy do they i I mean my favorite one was it was an extended deep sea diving expedition but i mean i remember going to school like that because you'd have to i walked to school as well 
And you go, and Brian was like, could you ever not put your arms down? I'm like, no, I could, I, by the time I was walking to school, I could put my arms down. But, <laughs> but definitely like, dying over here. <laughs> I should have brought in pictures of my parents in that onesie suit. Cause if I have you pictures could, of like, oh my, my God, mother. if you could send those to us and if they are okay with us posting them to our I'll Instagram. See, I'll see because if my parents were like, that's what everyone wore. <laughs> I just, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's what you wore. So by the time, but I told Brian, I'm like, kind of, I'm like, so I didn't have to wear a onesie, but I, I had to put snow pants on. I had to put a jacket on. I had to put boots on. And you had the gloves with the string that went behind you. So like you wouldn't lose your gloves. So it's a string that t- attaches the two gloves and it goes through your coat. I did, have, I did have gloves attached to the sleeve of my coat. But yeah, basically it'd take you about 15 minutes to get ready. You'd then walk to school. And at school, you had like a cubby area because you had to take all oh, this gear off. store it somewhere. So you poor teachers just <laughs> taking kids out of those suits and then having to get them <laughs> that, back in them. In, in fact, well, and then think you get recess twice a day too so like it's a 30 minute recess twice a day i mean it was like kindergarten or first grade you gotta get out well i guess if if you have to well no because she said for half an hour our recesses were full we could go out for a full hour in the 30 minutes for one time a day look i can't remember guys it was a long time ago but but also they didn't want you to go out for too long in case like you lost one of your string gloves yeah But yeah, but no, it was like you have a bunch of kids who just fallen over and can't get up. <laughs> that does indeed happen. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> or you get stuck in a snowdrift, which is really the worst. It's so fluffy, and you just keep falling further into it. And you're so little, so it's like a three-foot snowdrift, but you can get lost in it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay. Composure. I got this. But but, but absolutely, where Randy <laughs> fell down, he couldn't quite get up. Like, it, when you get that many I, layers on, it is a struggle. We need to talk about the bully scene. First off. Uh, I, oh, that sound, was, oh, this is where the soundtrack Smut shines. Smut What a name. That's the Scott bully's Farkas. name. No, it's, or it's, it's, it's Scott, Scott. Farkas. I thought it was it's Scott. It's not Scott because nope. I looked it up to double check. S-C-U-T. So apropos. (laughs) Exactly. And I love that they like even comment on the name, but that scene where you have the bullies and the kids are like so scared and Randy Scott just like pushes Randy over. Randy just falls. Oh my god. And he says pick it up and you can see him wiggling in the background. I'm glad you wrote it down too. Oh no, what is it? It's about he um um, acted like a slug because that was his only defense. I I played the whole thing. Oh, God. Oh, this then, was also after school. I, but Yes, we need to backtrack to the flagpole because I want to talk in depth about that. But again, it's kind of vignettes. The order doesn't matter that much. But it is Randy lay there like a slug, cuts to Randy just <laughs> laying on the ground. <laughs> Literally motionless. Giant red snowsuit. It was his only defense. I just... Which which Great worked a lot defense. better than the rest of their defenses, I will add. Yeah, so they, props to Randy. Very true. And they do they do go pick Randy up, which is good. I mean, I mean, for how much like the brothers argue and they seem to ignore each other, oh, they, they do take care of each other. You see little par- well, pieces where I they mean, all look after each honestly, other. Honestly, it's one of the most realistic sibling relationships I've seen, mm-hmm. like yes. in a movie. Especially, you know, I, I guess this is the '80s, you know, so we're not like that far back. But where you have these kids who like fight and everything, but then like 
they do care about each other and they will help each other. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can pick on my younger sibling, but nobody else can pick on my younger sibling. It's an older sibling, ooh, older sibling privilege. Which is funny because we are all the oldest in our families. Can confirm. I may or may not have hit my brother with a spoon before. <laughs> I may or may not shit, have but... <laughs> broken a toe one time when I was chasing Annie hitting her with a well, pillow. Well, you deserve that. I know. That's why I didn't get in trouble for hitting her with a pillow because my mom was like, you did break a toe. So I guess you kind of got karma. <laughs> so to like talk about school for a half second. Yes. Yes. Let's go back to school. The actor who played the teacher, Teddy... What's her last name? She's a Canadian actor. Yeah, I don't remember what the last name was. But, oh my God. Can I just say for a second, these adults leaned into all of these roles. And I loved it. They did such a good job, too, of letting the kids shine. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, even starting with the prank about the prank teeth. (laughs) And she's just, like, holding out her hand. She's just so done with it. It's fine. Just kids will be kids. Just give it to me. She's, like, annoyed, (laughs) but it's an exasperated annoyed, as you only see on people who have taught school for years and years. Yes. Or is it bemused? No. It's, like, a... I interpreted it as I interpreted it... You also didn't grow up with a teacher. I have a teacher mother, so I know what that... I'm going to be calm, but I'm also so done with your bullshit expression is. But it's like, she just kind of looks at them where she's just like, this again. And then just like holds out her hand. They all put the teeth in and she just puts it in the drawer where you see like all of the other just shit she's confiscated. (laughs) I mean, I I just think the teeth that are still clicking was just such a great like moment. Like The, The set design and costume design in this movie are so good. Well, and I do want to point out that they actually lingered on that drawer, which I thought was a very like period treatment of that. So the fact that you didn't cut very quickly to other scenes, like put you in the moment still as if it were like, yeah, you know, the forties. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we need to talk about the flagpole. Dun, 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 dun. Raise your hand. If because of this movie, as a kid, you were tempted to like a flagpole in the winter just to see if your tongue really would stick. Oh, I'm not raising my hand. I was going to say, I had the record ar- state. I had already stuck my tongue to a flagpole. <laughs> I need this story and I need it now. Like right now, please. I also, mean, sorry, I love that I, you did it without prompting. Ian and I were like inspired by this movie as a child. Um, and honestly, because we lived in the South as children. Yeah, honestly, yes. I have to say though, I thought for sure if one of us would not have done it, it would be Ian. I'm also pretty sure I did once lick a flagpole to see if my tongue would I stick and it didn't. Because remember, I, for most of the childhood when I would have actually tried this was in like middle Georgia where it never got Yeah, freezing. at least I was in more North Georgia. So we did get snow, but. So, so it does stick indeed. <laughs> um like and it doesn't stick terribly and like you kind of feel it sticking and then you're like pull away if you do let it get real stuck you have to get your mom out there with a glass of warm water (laughs) but Um, but question did you do it because of a double dare a double dog dare or a triple dog dare or did they stick to etiquette and also triple dare you before the triple dog dare. Uh, I don't think there was any daring involved. <laughs> I was sufficiently stupid. But <laughs> I mean, I that was just like common knowledge growing up. That and like if it's cold enough out and like you this is for the men and you pee, it'll freeze before it hits the ground, which is really exciting. So that uh, is not the adjective I would use. But <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't know. You're tinkle twinkles. So. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't Sorry, know. we've lost Dan. I, I don't know if it's the mimosa or just probably, being probably because I did. I literally poured as each a third of that bottle of champagne. So okay, you know what? And I'm the only the one that finished it right now. So it's about gone. Sorry, um, I'm taking my time. Wow, I've been props chatty. to you, Maggie. But uh, um, no, she needs to get on our level. No, I feel like that. It, that is just like, <laughs> and that's what made the flagpole so believable. Is it is in fact just like something like you're like your tongue sticks to a cold pole, and you're like. I'm going to go try it because it's like kids do. That makes me so happy that it actually does happen because in my head growing up, it was always like a, does that really happen? I was like, oh, is that one of those like urban myths they tell kids so Maggie, they just won't lick it's black basic poles? basic thermodynamics. I said growing up, Ian, I didn't take thermodynamics until high school, but it was always like, you know, the idea of like, oh, is that just one of those urban legends that like they tell you as a kid so you won't lick flagpoles and like it's become like a thing that people say. No, if it's if it's cold enough, it definitely will stick. Now, the urban legend is how much of your tongue can you lose and will it still grow back if you have to pull it off? Oh, God. I feel like I vaguely remember having that conversation with like friends like you can pull it off. Your tongue grows back like I love that when it's like or you just get a glass of warmish water. Yeah. You know, your mother will come fix it. That that (laughs) the funny part is where the fire department, the police department all shows up. And I'm like, no, she would have just gone out there with a glass of warm water. So while. It was never cold enough for me growing up for anybody's tongue to get stuck to a flagpole. We did one time during recess, and I texted my mom about this because it happened in third grade. My mom was my third grade teacher. And I was like, this really happened, right? Like, I didn't just make this up in my head. We had a girl who was, like, leaning on the swing set, and there were, like, two bars, and her elbow slipped and got wedged between the two bars. And, like, stuck. (gasps) And so we all just left her out there during recess. Why did you just and, leave her? Because well, the bell rang, Ian. Yeah. Well, the bell rang. And also, I think like we just had to go inside. Like I, I think somebody got notified. Like I don't think we all just left her. And then it was the, like, where's Margaret? And we all like looked out and like pointed. But Oh, my God. I just showed them the, a basic Wikipedia that... So they believe well, no, me? No, no, no. no I top, believe you. Like, you know how Google will give you the, like, most quote-unquote relevant results at the top? Like, it gives you, the pole absorbs the heat readily, literally sucking the warmth from your tongue faster than your body can supply it. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, <laughs> so, this girl, like, we, like, went inside and they had to you get... are stuck. Cool. But no, they, like, I remember, like, I think somebody notified the teacher during recess, but then recess ended and the rest of us had to go back inside and they were just, like... The, the fire maintenance- department came? No, it was like the uh, the maintenance guy, Mr. Freddy, with like a crowbar just getting <laughs> the girl's arm out of the sink. <laughs> That's amazing. So I would like to point out, and I, throughout this movie, took notes of things that would never either have been allowed today or oh, really God. So tell- everything, like literally everything. But there were some that stood out. I mean, and to go back to like his first like back in the kitchen where he's trying to ask for the Red Rider is is he is actually like they have him they show film him with chewing tobacco in his mouth as he's like all the criminals are sneaking oh, in. Oh god. He totally forgot his I, daydreams. Ah. I love that daydream where he's like fantasizing about having the Red Rider BB gun and all of these like cartoonish burglars which they speed up to have that like yes, that, that 20s lag. 30s I love it. And they did that with the bully chasing as well yeah. which is such a beautiful They do it touch. so good. And the and the 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 hounds and later. he's wearing this like yes. glittery Roy Rogers esque um, like oh. costume, but he has chewing tobacco. Is um, it bad? I was thinking Elton John there. <laughs> um, no, that's what Brian said actually. As we were watching, Brian went, "He's like a young Elton John." I'm like, Brian, 
I want that shirt in my closet, the fringe, the glitter. But anyways, that was one of the things where I'm like, wow, they could probably never show someone with chewing tobacco nowadays. And I actually looked it up. It was actual chewing tobacco. One of the like stagehands gave it to him to use. Um, he actually, after about 15 minutes of shooting, like threw up probably and got sick. Yes, yeah. got sick, got lightheaded. So then it was raisins for the rest of it. But for some of that scene, very well could have been actual chewing tobacco. I love it. And then the other one, speaking of like the flagpole and recess, I can't remember the last time I saw an unobserved recess of children. Right. But nowadays, like it wouldn't have been, they would all be sitting in class and someone would be like, where's them. Flick? They would have at least noticed it out yeah, there. They, I mean, I'm sure yeah. he still would, would have gotten his tongue yes, stuck. Or they but... would have like taken role as the kids came in. Yeah. Oh, but the way that the teacher delivered that guilt trip after Flick was <laughs> okay. rescued was who relates, masterful. Though, who absolutely <laughs> relates to the line, though, where they're like, we always knew it was better not to get caught. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, but just how well the actor played that and like he like looked around like who could it have been the whole time, like to the left, to the right, like throwing shade all over that so classroom. Much of but he his was the part, only one that was But doing so much it. of his part is just reacting to this like adult voiceover, which is. Yes. It's. It's an incredible performance from a child actor, yes, I think. Yes, he actually well, says very little. Yeah. I, well, I almost want to say it's just an incredible performance without the qualification from a child it actor. Is, it like. is. No, no, no. I agree. It is an incredible yeah. performance because no, I, we've seen multiple adults in the movies we've watched for this podcast where we're like, what were why were they doing? doing that face during that voiceover? <laughs> so it's it's a great performance, period. Mm-hmm. But I think especially especially notable for how young he was. I yeah, totally agree with that. I think one of the things that worked with him cuz I thought about too and like all of his reactions, like they're so dramatic. Like and it brings you back to childhood where you had these big highs, these big lows, your facial expressions were big. Like everything like you hadn't learned the subtleties of an adult yet. And you even had like, no RBF. Yeah. And and you know, you ah. You had no poker face. You had none of that. Or like you're, you, he attempted a poker face, but he wasn't very good. But it's good. like obvious. It's oh, And, it's and so just cute. like how that was so perfectly captured, like the high, like, like I think what is this movie like two weeks and the highs and lows of his life over two weeks where mm-hmm. like I can go through a week and be like, what just happened in that week? But he captured it all and his acting captured all of the highs and lows and the drama of a child's life. Well, and yeah. it's like as a child, one week is a long time, but then as an adult, like a week right now for me is literally twice as short as it was. When I, I literally, was if you asked me what I had for lunch yesterday, I don't think I could tell you. Like I'm like, I don't know. It happened really fast. The only That's reason I can tell you soup. is because we went to a team event offsite. Like <laughs> so, it was like a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now I think we need to move to another okay. iconic scene. So- sorry, before we move on that, what the hell is a theme? <laughs> Brian said that too when we were watching it together <laughs> last night. I think it's basically like an, an essay, a, but like a small one that you give like elementary school kids. I think. Yeah. I, that that just sorry. I was like, what the hell is a theme? It's also, basically, it's basically just a little writing are you assignment. Talk about how beautiful and eloquent your theme is going to be, and when it's like, I want a red rider BB gun because a you're a child. Is Ian. not a good Christmas because you're a child. Present. But I love the small touch when he like reads that first sentence. He's like, it was going to be so eloquent. It was going to convince my teacher. She was going to wow, give me an good. A. Yes. But he reads the light. He's like, I want a Red Rider BB gun with a compass and a thing that tells time because I think everyone should have one. Wow, that's good. <laughs> sheer, a football sheer. is not a good Christmas present. I was like, I died. It was so I, it, it, that was one of the greatest lines. And then just the voiceover came in. Sure poetry streaming out of my pen. Like... <laughs> It's 
so it also i think what i love about this movie too is because like well one the sense of humor i feel like just so i feel that sense of humor but it's like when you're an adult and you think about like how like the times when you were dramatic as a kid or how you felt as a kid or something and you're like if only i knew what real life was like but you can also appreciate it you're like yeah i was four but like man that sentence was I thought it was so good and you can laugh at yourself and I I love that this entire movie is so tongue-in-cheek it's like a, I always liked this movie growing up but I think watching it it's a whole as an new adult dimension. is just it's very it's very self-aware and I think one of the things that tells is telling of it is just you take I always enjoy films where you get diff you can watch it from when you're five to when you're 75 mm-hmm. and you get a different appreciation at each stage Absolutely. of your life. And that's where like the commitment of every single one of the adult actors in the daydream interludes yes. is beautiful. Like the teacher in the scene with the old Victorian hat and like, <laughs> a plus plus plus. 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 <laughs> and I just clutching his paper to her bosom. So good. It was so good. To her bosom. Bosom. <laughs> There's that Midwestern coming out. Look, guys, I just read a lot of words. I I don't actually say them. So is that one of those words you've only ever read? I don't think. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever had reason to say it. Luckily. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I think the next beautiful scene that I want to talk about Mm. is the arrival of the fragile, the leg lamp. I love lamp. I this is my <laughs> Halloween costume next year. I'm going to be the leg lamp. I'm so fucking excited. Full body fish tight fishnet tights. No, it's gonna be fishnet tights, like a black top or black dress, and I'm going to buy a lampshade and create the skirt. Oh. So basic Oh, 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 I see. I was wondering I if it. you would have a lampshade on your head starting the day. Which just seems no, but I will at the end of the night for sure. Perfect, can, yeah, perfect. 100%. I have that rose petal lampshade that will be dramatic. Absolutely, enough. you do need to since I'm assuming you will be hosting the Halloween party because Emma and Brian host the best Halloween parties. Um, we do need to pick a table that we can get a picture of me standing on as if I am the leg lamp. Our outdoor table will do probably. Perfect, or we'll find something. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Anyways, we digress. But yeah, so the way that they built this scene up with they also, the music. They set everything up in this movie so uh-huh. well. Like you set the dogs up, the neighbor's dogs that become very important at the end. You set the, I mean, obviously the Red Rider BB gun up early. But you also set the dad doing, it's it's not a crossword, but it's some court, sort of like contest to Where answer. Where it's like, oh, I'll win something. Yeah, exactly. Which I love that he has no idea what he's going to win, but it's he ma- wants to It's win. a major award, Maggie. It is a major award. Major. And you know what? I had never connected him doing that crossword at the start to Same. like this coming in. And I've seen this movie an embarrassing amount of times. Well, whenever you're watching it where you're like, I now have to talk about it, you always pick up stuff that you've oh, never yeah. noticed. Yeah, fair, fair. Anyways. Fragile. But it comes in in this gigantic crate, which I love. Must be Italian. (laughs) I think that says fragile, honey. (laughs) My family family does not say fragile. We say fragile. (laughs) Yes. I I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Again, a word I've never seen written and only spoken. I'm pretty sure Emma and I did an Italy road trip um, a couple years ago. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure half the road trip was us being like, Fragile <laughs> must be Italian. But we were sure to say it quiet enough that we, we would not actually offend any actual Italians. Because <laughs> we're like, we know we're being stupid. 
It was fantastic. But yeah. But so that that and then our actual confusion over how to start the washing machine in one of the apartments we were staying at and the really bad dictionary I downloaded to my phone. And we we're like, we think it's the start button. And it then says I looked it up blast the, off. I looked it up in the dictionary and it was like, blast off. And I was like, well, it's either start or this washing machine is also a rocket ship. <laughs> Blast off was the correct answer. So now every answer. time I do laundry and I press start, I just quietly say to myself, blast off. <laughs> you should travel with us. It's fun. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And that wasn't even the site. That was the washing machine. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even like the most crazy stuff that happened on that trip. Oh, I believe you. I believe you. So... The music buildup, one. Two, the pain of getting, pain of like actually getting into this crate, amazing. Three, the tossing of all of the packing material out across his shoulder onto the his reveal. wife. The reveal, when you also the have the voiceover describing the excitement of the kid being like, what, it's in there, it could be anything. And I love that even earlier on when the dad's like, I won, he's like, Maybe it's a bowling alley. How are they going to deliver a bowling alley to the house? And then he's like, well, then he does the dad thing where he can't be like, oh, no, you're right. I'm wrong. He's like, well, they could deliver the deed. Deed. (laughs) But but yes, the point and like the initial like glance and it doesn't come out with the lampshade. It's just the leg. Also, what makes that that leg is the little bit of butt cheek at the top. So that's what makes the leg lamp. So in some of my extensive research, I realized that they hadn't no one. I don't think anyone knew what this was going to look like. I think they kept it a secret from the actors, certainly from the child actors. So when Ralphie saw it, that was his first time. So like his reaction was genuine. That hand running up the leg (laughs) was genuine, which makes it all that much more delightful as like the sultry music comes on. and. And he's like, I. He was overwhelmed. By well, and art. I love that he's just standing there holding the leg, and he's like, "It's great." And the mom's like, "What is it?" And then he's like, "Uh," and then pulls out the lamp. She's like, "Well, it's a lamp, of course." What a great lamp! Put it right in front of the front window. Raise your hands if you would actually display the leg lamp in your home. Um, I've been searching for it for multiple years, and I oh, pulled the trigger because oh, let minute. it let it wait let the record show that all of us would display this leg lamp in, in their home. Guys, never the, be able to the only the reason I one. haven't bought it is because I know exactly how much it is. It's 120 bucks on Amazon. That's such a steal. It is, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I get it. You know what my how mother? Many, you know what my mother? Maybe did? not this she year, got but a how many mini leg lamp? Mm-mm, we gotta go full size. Yeah, you how, do need full size. No, 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 how no, many wait, people? Wait. How many people do we need to pull for Emma's birthday present next year? Gotcha. Done. You didn't hear anything. Emma. I fully accept. We'll bring it to you. We'll bring it to you though on Halloween when I show up dressed as the leg lamp because that seems like appropriate <laughs> Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas decoration. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, we need to somehow get a fun. Big pine box and stamp it with Fred G. No, yeah. Oh my God. We're making these plans so far in advance. I think we can do it. Okay. I, Your husband works for a lumber noted. company. Noted. And Ian works for Home Depot. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. They supposedly. We got it. We got this. <laughs> anyway, anyways. Hold on. Uh, my, okay, my fa- continue my, talking. I'm legit putting this in my phone so that we remember. But, but my favorite part is he like has to go outside to adjust it. And make sure it's perfect. But the other thing is the whole neighborhood happens to go out for a walk at the exact <laughs> same time. Like when are these many people ever out on a neighborhood street? At night in the middle of winter. And just, and we need to talk about um, so the everyone's actress staying. playing the mom's performance because she's she's like sitting there adjusting it and you shoot the horror on her face. 
She's like hiding her face with her hair. It's so She's well like, done. Hey, there, wave a little bit. She's like, we don't need to bit. turn it on. And then I love how subsequently in like all the other scenes, she's like, oh, just turning it off. We don't want to waste electricity. Yeah, when and they like... go to get the tree. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, which leads us into the tree scene, which one, the bargaining was amazing. And I loved how it built this kind of like trust and relationship between Mrs. and Mr. Did y'all's families do, I love how this has also turned into like nostalgia hour for us, but did y'all's oh, families do real commentary. trees your entire life? No. Did you ever do a real tree? When I was really young. Okay. So we, be Northern, Northern, consult a Northerner. We did a real tree and we would, we always cut it down actually. We wouldn't even go to trees. Yes, you guys are the real deal. We would mm. do Okay, National Lampoon Christmas vacation. Booking Emma for We've... next year for that one. We relate strongly to that one as well. <laughs> um, we have never brought a squirrel into our house at least. On purpose. Uh, my uncle has though. Uh, my mom has <laughs> bought, brought rabbits into our home, but not for tree related reasons. Oh my um, goodness. But uh, we used to do a real tree, and then my sister, when she was young, we found out was allergic to mold, and that stopped the real trees. And I once told her she ruined Christmas for everybody <laughs> because of that. <laughs> in a but I told her that about the tree in response to when she ate the head off of a gingerbread ornament that was one of my favorite ornaments, and also <laughs> multiple years old. <laughs> People, so people who ever, when I say I have a younger sister, whoever like, oh my god, that's so lucky because sisters are so sweet to each other. Unlike brothers, I'm like, you clearly did not have a sister growing up. Because no, that is not the case. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the other thing that's interesting is I don't think they're going out to get this Christmas tree on New Year's Eve, but it's very nearly there. They do not you actually mean Christmas Eve. Or yes, thank you, Christmas Eve. That's the holiday. We always got ours at Thanksgiving. But that was like historically very traditional, and my parents said that's what they did every year. Is you actually go pick the Christmas tree up either New Year's or um, Christmas Eve or the and day that's before. That's why they were like, hurry up or we're going to miss the good ones. Okay, this makes so much sense now. Yes. I feel like yes. we always did, Well, I guess when we did real trees, we probably didn't do Thanksgiving, but yeah, we probably you, did a little bit. You did, well, honestly, when we, we would, would go do cut, at least a week in advance. When we would go cut down the tree, we'd usually do a few weeks in advance. Also, when you cut it down, it's a little fresher and when you get yeah. it from a tree lot, but still fire hazard. But but yeah, that was very... Can we talk about all the tinsel? I love tinsel, but I love that the thought is like, let's add more flammable things to the thing that is already super flammable. Right by the rat's nest of plugs and, that is going to and explode. And the um, 1930s 40s 50s electrical technology. Um, but Brian and I actually discussed that because we live in a 1920s house that has not been updated. So similar, uh, we see a lot of the same things in this house, in our house, but just like the fact that we're like, where can we plug something in? And you have like one plug in the entire room. <laughs> now we do it a little better. We have a power strip that comes out and all that, but like we, we really related to the struggle. And I just love that, like how often they showed that thing sparking or actual flames coming out of it. <laughs> well, and then it immediately blows a fuse. Next like string of scenes that I love is the tire change, soap clean out, and then blind. The, the swearing sequence question were you guys allowed to swear as kids can you relate to this was always the part of the movie i really i like just couldn't relate to because i was kind of allowed to swear not in public but at home no absolutely I mean, I was not, not explicitly allowed but it was also like you probably shouldn't do that and so i didn't swear in front of my parents until i was like a late teenager i did no abs absolutely not swearing was not allowed in my house i it was it was encouraged when i was not a teenager to not drop the f-bomb as we commonly called it but other Fudge. swearing was allowed well 
didn't you grow up with a very progressive family? I, w- I was about to say, I think it was because my parents want me to turn out better than their swearing ability. That didn't work. I mean, as long as it was done creatively and eloquently in my home, it was what kind was of okay. What was your justification? Like about the words and I'm going to use every damn one of them. Oh yeah, the it's from Inherit the Wind where somebody tells him he can't swear on the radio and Spencer Tracy's character goes, we have far too few words in the English language anyway. I'm going to use every damn one of them because one time my dad told me not to swear and I quoted that back to him and he's like, you know what? You're right. Going back, I feel like this car scene is really like a kind of a turning point in the movie. At least for mm-hmm. me, it's one of the most memorable scenes. Oh, yes. absolutely. So first off, they're like screaming. They're not singing. They're screaming carols. <laughs> they're yell- sing yelling. Scream. And, 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 and I, doing the... At the end. <laughs> at which at which point I looked at Brian and went, reason 127, why I don't have children right now. Because I was the dad in that car who's sitting there looking pain okay, and driving. But, but these days what you do is you hand them the iPad and the headphones and mom and dad can put on a podcast. But it looks yeah, so nice and Yeah, but then they wholesome. start scream yelling with the headphones on. Did it look that wholesome, Emma? They were scream yelling and going at the end of Jingle Bells. It's pretty wholesome. Yeah. Did but, not look wholesome to me. It looked like an annoyance. But anyway, I mean, those are not mutually exclusive, but but anyways, then you hear the car pop and, and the dad pulls over and clearly like he likes doing this. I mean, I like, well, and they say he imagines himself as a pit guy. He at gets the to be a dad. Yeah. That's such a dad yeah. thing, because I remember one time I had a flat tire and um, the tow truck was going to take like three hours to get to me because Atlanta traffic. So I was like, I'll just leave my car at work. And one of my friends came and got me and drove me home. And my dad was like, I'll drive up the next day. Because I was like, called my dad because I was like, this is a funny thing that happened. Because I was planning on handling it. He's like, no, no, no. I'll drive up to Atlanta and I'll help you change your tire the next day. And I was like, can you change a tire, dad? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know how to change a tire. Turns out my dad does not know how to change a tire. My dad just thinks he knows how to change a tire. But but yeah, that was like a pivotal point. Like, I don't know if you were like a kid and you remember the first time someone was like, go help your parent with this. And you were like really like Mm -hmm. you think i'm capable of doing and it's like a big moment big deal so like so like they're they're set up it's a big moment for him and it's holding the bolts he's holding the bolts and the father's even like what you doing out here he's like mom told me like it's time for me to learn it's time for me to start growing and then the slow motion (laughs) which is the father's fault rarely do i think slow motion is ever well done a movie i can think of a few the matrix and this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is. They use it so wide. Every but, but, technique but I'm sure they use is very like, wisely done. I'm, I'm sure there's more, but. But then, but then the, the voiceover comes in and he goes, but I didn't say fudge. I said the mother of all. And I remember watching this as a kid and like wanting to so badly know what the mother of all swear words Same. was but like they maintain that so well for viewers of all ages and it like really you're intrigued is. for different reasons and so we've established that maggie is the exception here usually with the allowed to swear when you're young i thing. wasn't allowed to swear in public and uh, i had and to it, use it i couldn't do it hey, all the time all i'm hearing are excuses slash justifications um <laughs> but no i think not having the Need swearing I quote, inherit the wind again actually like adds more to the it feels like you're in the moment and you are the child and you were there because like you just don't well, and then register also, it as well, much well and like the thing is too with all the reactions that happen you're like there's no way that that would have actually been like 
really that dramatic. Like the mom just like screaming, but you're like to the kid in your yes. kid eyes, you would have been like, the it. world is ending. The well, world is ending. And that's the exact point I was going to make is where the father comes back and he goes, do you know what your son said? And I think from this point forward, like, you know, you're viewing things through a child's lens the yeah, whole time, yeah. but this is where you really start to see it. And he go- leans over and he goes, do you know what your son said? And he leans over and he whispers to and the mom just and, like, and the mother, like, it's like a blood curdling, like, it's not a like, horror movie like, like, like probably what happened was she was like, oh no. But instead it, it's like a blood curdling, like, oh, like her life, <laughs> My life is ending. And then you then flash to back home mm-hmm. where he's got the soap in his mouth, which did you ever have your mouth washed out with soap? No. So my parents never did that because my mother got it all the time and she hated it. Um, so she was like, I was never going to, which I think I got threatened with it once. Which, like, there's, like, a little scene right at the end of all this that, like, my mother really appreciates. But, like... Where the mother tries it and is like, oh, it's like, yes. oh my God. And it's like, oh, oh. And my mother's like, that's why I never made you do it. Because yeah. it is terrible. So, I think this this is actually, like, my family's favorite little scene. Because she goes, are you going to tell me who told it you? And he goes, like, it's obviously my old man, but I can't say that. Well, here's the thing where I want to bring up the swearing earlier in the movie. How does she not know that he heard it from his dad because obviously he heard it from his dad as i was swearing up a storm with the boiler yeah this i felt really bad about this scene because he rats out his friend who didn't actually tell him (laughs) i know and then you just hear his friend getting beaten over the phone i this was one of a couple scenes where i was like this was funny in the beginning and then i was like oh wait that took a turn that i'm not it makes you be like oh but also like because of when well exactly but also because of when it's like nebulously set yes it like well you're like, it It doesn't feel like it's, you know, you're like, that probably is accurate yeah. to like this setting and like that kind of thing. And it is the anti-nostalgia. Well, mm-hmm. well and again, with this being like all over-exaggerated from his yeah. view, we're not quite sure what is exactly. Um, but like, yeah, the mother knew and I don't know if she ever wanted him to say that. But I think it's also the the whole like full circle for a child. Your, your, your actions have consequences. Yeah. But I think my family just loves it is... <laughs> It's such a Chicago accent. The woman that she calls has such a thick Chicago accent. (laughs) And so she goes, do you know the word that my son just said? And again, she like whispers it into the phone very, she whispers into the phone very secretly. And and the woman goes, what, what, what? Which is how all my family sounds on the phone. (laughs) And then, and then she goes, and do you know where he heard that from? And the woman goes, his dad, probably from his father. Like exactly. like, No. From and that's <laughs> like, exactly well, yeah. how all my family and that's like like that's just the the very humorous part of like we all know it came from his father. It, it's commenting on this facade that parents try and put up yes. that they're like good parents and all that, but like in the end you have cracks and faults and you got your people. That. Like yeah, you're not you're not the um I forget what the Leave It to Beaver family is called, yeah. but you're not them. machines. You're not that you know like you're an actual family and like stuff yeah. falls through the cracks. Um, we, you could hear the poor, poor friend being like beaten on the other side of the line, which I mean, which that, I, that, Ooh, I was like, Oh shit. But I mean, how many of our parents had the wooden spoon brought to them? I was parents, spanked yeah. once and then no parents, my... parents. Oh, but it's a concept that corporal punishment is very, and that's one of my other things where I said things that really date the movie and the child beating. That was one of them. Cause my mother like used, she's like, I used to regularly get the wooden spoon from her. Oh mother. yeah. My my mom had to go like pick out her own switch. Yeah, and it, it's, yeah. and that's just like it's just how parenting has changed. Yes, it's just something that you know. But any, anyway, so we roll into Maggie was starting Scott to allude Farkas to the next affair. incident. Where yes. Ralphie snaps. The scut, the scut Farkas affair. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> and that child's name is Scut. Come on. 
Oh my goodness. So yeah, apparently this is after Ralphie had gotten his C plus back on his theme. Mm-hmm. Oh, which which guy. he thought would be just blow I mean, the socks off was, and would get guys, him his it red was rider. So good. <laughs> so he was stressed. Stressed with a capital S. He just needs to get home and get his wine on. But goddamn Scott Scott Farkas. <laughs> stop, stop trying to give this child a real name, Ian. <laughs> And this is where I love how everybody was cheering for Ralphie to beat the shit. Well, out at of one Scott. point, but they're also like very concerned because yeah, he won't because it goes stop. on too long. And his mom gets there, and I was always kind of curious why his mom never was like, "Are you okay, Mister like Farkas?" That, I like that. Oh, Randy, that's, that's my favorite part where she just leaves that child bleeding well, on the she sidewalk. Probably, well, she, knows. she knows he's a bully. She knows, and you can tell mom always knows. Yes. Because even in the the rest of the scene where, Maggie, you were talking about your favorite Ralphie scene. My favorite Randy scene. Randy. You're right. Randy. I'm sorry. But yeah, the younger brother goes and gets the mom and she pulls Ralphie off. And she like kind of like hugs him. But then there's a bit at home where I was like, maybe you should have like hugged and talked to your kid a little bit more. But she like does wash his face, which is really sweet. But then she's Mm -hmm. like, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. Like go lie in bed. Where I kind of wanted to be like, just hold your kid and let him cry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it, too. She's like, I got to go make dinner. I got to go take care of yeah. other things. Like, I just need you to calm down and to it's not It's also set in a time where, like, you don't really just hold your kid and let them cry and be like, let's talk about the trauma you just endured and what led to these actions, Ralphie. But, I mean, it, this also is like when, when she put Randy in his... And Well, that reminds me back to the start of the movie when Randy's in his... And he's like, I can't put my arms down. She tries to put him down and they plop <laughs> on. And she goes, you can put your arms down when you get to school. This, actually, like, this so, woman is practical to the nth so degree. So the Randy in the covered scene actually reminds me a little bit of my mom. Oh. Because you hear Randy just crying in the cupboard, and she goes and she opens the cupboard, and she's like, but hey, she Randy. Knocks. She knocks. She doesn't knock. She respects really his privacy. She opens the cupboard, and she's like, Randy, why are you crying? And he goes, because daddy's gonna kill Ralphie. <laughs> We've all been there as yeah. children. <laughs> and she's just like, he's not gonna kill Ralphie. He's like, yes, he is. She's like, do you want to come out of the cupboard? He's like, no. Do you want some milk? Do you want some milk? And she just hands him a glass of milk. And, and he shuts him back and shuts it back into the cupboard door. Compassionate in its own way. And I love it. It is. I like that it's a, like, I'm here for you, but like also like no bullshit. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. well, it's like it's like you know the kids got to work these things out on their own. Yeah, it's part and, of growing up. And I like that she's like, "I'm Rand- no, Daddy's gonna kill Randy." No, he's not. And I can't tell you anything more comforting than that. Yeah. Like so, here, here's yeah. that. Here's a glass of milk. Stay in your little place. But then you get this beautiful, like this is where I'm like, oh, Randy even says it at the end of the scene how his relationship Ralphie. with his mother, Ralphie. I'm sorry, God. I'm having issues. But his his relationship with, with his mother mom. changed that day. Exactly. Because she, when when dad comes home and asks, like, what went on and all of that, she's like, oh, Ralphie got in a little bit of fight, but it's fine. Oh, did you see the uh, Bears were playing today? And the Packers, was that? who? They, I don't know. Uh, it was absolutely the Bears and the Packers, because that's the only thing that could distract a Bears. <laughs> like, like, that's a big game. Like, if it was, like, the Bears and the Cowboys, he would have been like, but tell me about this fight. Yeah. She she knew it was the Bears and the Packers would distract and him. And I, lo- I just love that. That's more of the, like, okay. Well, she- it's like, she tells him. But she also, like, glosses over it and makes it not a big deal. Basically, she doesn't lie, but she makes it so that it's not an mm-hmm. issue. Which I loved. That was so sweet. Yeah, also, can I, we talk about how they ate so much meatloaf in this movie? It's meat, like meatloaf every meal but the turkey and the uh, Meat and Christmas potatoes, food. meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. So Welcome to the potatoes. Midwestern diet. <laughs> and red cabbage now and again. 
Yeah, I'm I'm realizing that my in-laws are more Midwest than Pennsylvanian. And they're they're Polish, so yeah. that's very Midwest. That's a big Midwestern diet. But anyways, I think the other cute thing that happened in the scene, and it was during the fight, a Randy was like, "I need to go get mom," and that was him taking care of his brother. Mm-hmm. And he picks and, up his glasses, and they made a point of because. Because Ralphie lost the glass, he made a point of picking up his glasses. It's really oh, sweet. So really sweet. And that was like just a really Also just the moment. shot of Randy unable to put his arms down running through the snow. <laughs> it's so great. But but like even even its darkest moments, it's comical because you know the the narrator is talking about like this like string of swear words coming out of his mouth and like the music goes away and everyone gets quiet and yeah. then his mother comes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that just is all. that is a very sweet scene. It I like is. that scene a lot. Yes. So rolling into kind of the back half of this movie now, um, we get the whole Santa sequence, which. (laughs) Because at this point, Ralph, he was like, I'm going to write a good essay. My teacher will convince my mom to get me the BB gun. Didn't happen. His mom's already said no. He's like, Santa. Santa's the man in charge. I can convince him to get me the BB gun. This is his last ditch effort. He has no options beyond this. When I love the line where he is like, even those of us who say we don't believe are not willing to like leave it up to chance in the final hour. Like, <laughs> so practical. I like I love it so much. The, but really, the the writing and the voiceover is delightful, superb. Well, and the way that it, 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 again, it's how it contrasts with the actual child action on the screen. Yeah. But at the that's same the time, we're also like it's all so appropriate. Yes. And they never break. Um, the magic if you have a child watching it like never do they oh, discuss yeah. that santa mm-hmm. no is less than real <laughs> you have no child listeners right i hope not. i assume not because we mark we everything is explicit um, because we swear like sailors sorry i babysat a lot i tried to be careful i actually going into this episode was going to be like guys we should try not to swear we should just say like fudge and stuff and i've already fucked it, it- up <laughs> I, I i see what you did there mm-hmm. um so anyway the santa scene they have this beautiful build up with the super long line and it's like oh the, the hours are ticking down like oh no it's 45 seconds till 9 p.m when they close <laughs> and you've got this super grumpy mall santa with these the elves that don't give a elves, shit which, with the kind of like 80s-esque elves yeah and the the one uh woman elf who had the well they both had the bell that was like right in front of their nose but the way that she was like ringing the bell with her head and like walking up to Ralphie like hurry up kid come on let's go and I like that like every single kid I feel like this is so accurate you have like the kids who want to like meet Santa and then they're so scared because every kid is like there's even the kid in line in front of them who's such a weirdo but who's like I love Santa and then the minute they put him on Santa's lap he just screams (laughs) this was actually one other depiction that I was like I'm not sure how I feel about this because but it's it's so accurate. Like, did well, but no, I, I don't think it was just like a weird kid. I'm worried that that was there, like also a kid with some sort of mental intellectual disability. disability. I took and it I as like, just kind of a socially awkward kid, but I mean, reading it as a socially me. awkward kid, I'm totally down. Reading it the other way, I'm I like, took it as really? socially awkward, and <laughs> Ralphie is on a mission because, like, he dismisses it. There's like. Oh, the people, the Wizard of Oz characters from the parade yeah. that come in, and he's don't bother like, me. I'm thinking exactly like <laughs> that is a Ralphie thing. Like, and it's like the idea that I think that that kid probably was just a super normal interaction, but from Ralphie's point of view, yeah. he was like, "Who is this kid in my way?" 
Yeah, and that's always the thing like you have to think about is like these are all through like his vantage yeah. point. So is this does he just find this kid obnoxious and weird and mm-hmm. actually fun fact too from my research, the so he goes and gets in line, there's a gentleman that goes, Young man, young man, the line starts back there. That is the writer. So he the writer cameo. The writer oh. actually also does the voiceover for older Ralphie. Yeah, yes. I, which I remember that. Is I think because he, he was like a radio personality. Yeah, because yes. There was one of or his is, short stories that was. is incorporated into the movie. I think it's the Christmas dinner story that they like did as a radio mm-hmm. thing oh, that he, okay. and, yeah. Awesome. But yeah, if you want to see what he looked like, that was his brief. That's cameo, cool. Just for fun. So I do want to call out the wonderful camera work on Santa's lap because oh. it's so, oh. it's Well, you get all those like extreme, like moving close-ups. And this is the and bit the where spinning. I think you really notice that it's from a child's point of view and yeah. that you're from Ralphie's point of view because it's like going in and it feels really claustrophobic and it's, does feel kind of menacing. It's terrifying. It's meant to disorient completely. Yeah. Yes. And they try to put him down the uh, slide. Because after. he panics. He's like, he does. And he's I'm like, like, dude, uh, come on, pull uh, it together. Uh, and then Santa's like, a football? And he's like, yeah. A football, and they start putting him down the slide, and he fucking crawls his way back up, and is like, "No, not a football." He's like, "I want a Red Rider BB gun with a model, with a compass and a time, the thing that tells time." And then Can they just call it a clock. The no, because no, it's, it's a better. thing that tells time. It's a thing that tells time, and then just the utter betrayal of when like, Santa boop. looks at him and goes, "You'll shoot your eye out, kid," and pushes him down the slide with his boot. Love it. And, and, the, and the vista of the boot coming towards you. <laughs> yes. And he so just lays good. there at the bottom, defeated <laughs> when his parents come up. My favorite is his dad, like, pulls him up like a rag doll. Both of <laughs> them just stayed laying there. I don't know if other kids had come down. Oh, when I was a child, I was like, I want to go down that slide and hang out in the snow. The, I'm air quotes. I was like, that Santa seems really mean. Well, I didn't want to talk to the Santa. I just wanted to get on the <laughs> you just slide. Get on the slide. What, like, what is it about the desire to put children on Santa's lap, but yet he terrifies children? So we finally get to like a Christmas Eve, like some really funny colorblind, like. Has the, has the oh, that's lamp? The, that's the child oh, the leg broke lamp, yet? Oh, the leg lamp's been broken for a long time. The leg lamp's been broken. And let me tell you, mom's performance there. I was Amazing. just watering She's like one to of laugh my. I was just time. watering my plant and it broke. I don't know what happened. I think the the balls of her doing it while Dad was home too. Further, oh, but like, he was like battling the furnace. He's but, like, but, you did this on purpose. You've always been jealous of this lamp. Yeah, but I just love my favorite is like, and I think this is like, you know, like like you've been married for a long time and like this is the woman you love, who you build your life with, and you are so mad at them, but like you can't. You can't insult them like it. And, and like, I feel like, like, I, you know, you get that you have friends, you have, even if you're not married, you have friends or things that like you, they make you so mad sometimes, but you respect them to the end. And like, you can't like yell at them or dur- mm-hmm. so you say the most ridiculous thing because you're like, I'm mad at you. What do you say? Like, not wapinga. <laughs> but, and then he's like, and then he accused her. He's like, you used and like just the drama, you used all the glue on purpose. He <laughs> glued the lamp back together. And and, and oh, and when he tries to do it, she's in the background on the chair, like trying not to die laughing. But it was just such like a perfect like, married oh. couple, like like a long term mm-hmm. relationship friendship dynamic. Oh god, it was so good. Um, but yeah, so getting back to Christmas Day, one, I loved the magic of everything being covered in ice, even though I fucking hate ice storms. They're the worst. 
But it's beautiful if you don't have to go anywhere. It is beautiful oh, if you good. don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> but then it's like they run down. Well, one, why did he open the window? But we're not going to like just Also, can I say something I never, I realized I never quite picked up on it as a kid. So like Ralphie and Randy run downstairs and then you have the parents who are clearly so exhausted because they've mm-hmm. obviously been up all night wrapping presents, setting stuff up. Like, and it kind of hit me. I was like, I'm not sure it ever registered to me as a kid, like after I found out that Santa wasn't real, um, that I was like, oh, that's why my parents are always so out of it and tired on Christmas morning (laughs) because I've been up all night, like putting stuff together. And of course, as a kid, you're excited about Christmas. So you wake up super early and you're Mm -hmm. like, let's go, let's go, let's go. My, my sister still used does to wake that to me. My sister used to wake us up at like four a.m. Oh it's no! Like, but yeah, the the way that Randy is like, oh, that's mine. Oh, look, a fire truck. Oh, it's mine. <laughs> like everything is his. Well, everything. <laughs> I, I sense some hostility there, but Ralphie was he had his eye on the prize and was looking for one uh-huh. thing. I love when they both get socks uh, right over the shoulder. And I was like, I was like, is that how you know you're when you're an adult when you're like, oh, those are nice socks. I was thinking the same yes. thing because I'm like, I want those Argyle socks. socks. When all of a sudden you request socks. But I love how they opened it and like chucked it over their shoulder. Yeah. And then, I mean, we have to talk about the bunny suit. The bunny suit. Because Thanks, Aunt Clara. As stated at the beginning of this podcast, we are all wearing our animal onesies that we all consciously bought by choice as adults. But only Emma has a pink bunny. Emma's a uh, llama. It's a llama. Oh, it's a llama. Well, it's pink. That's... Oh, it is a llama. Yeah, it's a pink llama. <laughs> Ian's, a drag- a Ian's a dragon and I'm a panda, just in case people were curious. But um, but but I think everyone relates to But we're so doing that in this. honor of Ralphie's bunny, bunny costume. Because everyone had that aunt or uncle that gave them this gift. And you're like, why I did didn't. you even bother? I, no one, I never got anything like nearly that outrageous. But like you get... So I was a tomboy growing up and I get like these super girly things. And like literally it was like me with the socks. Throw them over. My mother would be like, you Knee have... socks with the frill on the, the tops. Oh, I had tons of those. I loved those. Uh, I did oh not love God. them. But anyway, <laughs> but anyways, my mother would be like, and it, it's the same thing. Oh, go try it on. I try it on. You make this like face. And then she's like, all right, you only have to wear it when she comes over. Like, I but the bunny that. suit was just like, like such an extension of that. Like it, it took it to, to a, I'm a not film sure. Model. I'm trying to think if I ever got a present like that. I don't think so. I don't think I ever had something like that. All I, right. Well, count yourself lucky then. I didn't. People but... tried to dress me as a girl and I did not want to. But also, like, like the it was a great reminder of why people have children, too. Because his mother, like, his father's like, don't make him put it on. His mother's like, this is my entertainment for the day. Go put and it I, on. And I love that his father's like, are you happy? And Robbie's no. like, no. He's like, then take it off. You look like a pink nightmare. Oh, poor guy. But his mom's trying not to laugh, and I related so much. She's like, it's so cute. And Robbie's like, kill me, please. But yeah, there was the dad coming to his rescue. Yes. And then I think like... This, they, is, this is the sweet scene. So we got the sweet scene with the mom earlier. This yeah, is the, the sweet, sweet scene, scene with yes, the dad. Yes, you had not had the endearing from the dad yet. Yeah. So, But they're on the couch hanging out, and he's like, do you want Ra- some wine? Randy's just passed out in a pile of wrapping paper, Her hugging standard. his blimp. It's going to go up in flames, Randy. Just wait. <laughs> but, dark but appropriate for this movie kind of <laughs> but yeah the dad was like you get everything you want and Ralph, everything but one Ralphie's almost isn't. yeah his dad's like why don't you go, why don't you go check oh, over there what, yeah what's behind the desk uh, and you could tell his mother was like yeah because yeah his mom's like what is behind the desk what did santa get him I love that though because it's like he just went out and did it without asking mom when like <laughs> well, emma's right because Ralphie probably only mentioned it that one mm-hmm. time, maybe, in front of him. But his dad remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which is important. So he yeah. gets it and he's so excited. When I like that, that's like, I had one when I was a kid. Like, it, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But she's still worried about it, which I love. Well, okay. Um, Rightly fault so. on the parents here. Tell your kids not to shoot something metal. Because Ralphie, of course, has his target taped a to metal a metal backing. sign. Comes back, hits him in the cheek. But his subterfuge. Oh, yes. Because he's delightful. he freaks out. He's like, well, I love it first. He's like, oh, my God, I did it. I shot my eye out. <laughs> like, that was his first. He's like, no, like, no, no it's right. still there. Must have hit my glasses. Where are my glasses? And then he Crunch. steps on his glasses. He's like, shit. He's like, I need a story. I need a cover. So he's like, I know what I'll do. And I feel like this is the thing you do as a kid where you're like, I'm going to be in trouble. So I'm going to come up with this really complicated story that will explain everything. But it does. It works. I mean, it works. But it's like, you know how it's always like if like you don't have to explain every little thing. Like if you get too detailed, then it's like, why are you so detailed? But when you're a kid, you're like, I must cover (laughs) all of my bases. They can never find out. But he's like an icicle fell from the garage and it hit me in the eye and that's what broke my glasses so and actually his mother believed it, it yeah do, it does happen i was gonna say it's North- actually very plausible uh, consult a northerner someone is killed by an icicle usually every year oh yes. god super plausible um they do break but loose they break the fourth wall here and i'm like I, it was the only time in the film they did it, and I'm debating whether I liked it or not. I liked it because I, I feel too. like when they do it with, because they have the commentary going the whole time, so I feel like I'm being told the story, so I already feel super like involved. Yeah, yes. so, so, so I kind of like it. So where his he mother just takes him up to clean him, and she's like, "You know those icicles? They can kill people." And you're right; that's the point at which Ralphie turns uh-huh. and wing. And I'm like, I thought so too. I was like, I wanted to ask you guys, but I'm like, I think that's the only time they broke the fourth only wall. Time that I think I it is. I'm okay with it though because you are kind of so involved as an audience with the voiceover so you feel Mm -hmm. like you were being told this story anyway well and i think like the fact that she you're like god i hope she like you're there like with him you're like i hope she buys the icicle story like oh yeah you're so you're (laughs) so so invested you were always on the kid's side with this so so when she falls for it and he kind of turns and winks at you that's your like we're in the clear yeah you're like okay good like because i (laughs) do get nervous for him as if it was you. you do you do um but that that's all in the clear. But at the same time, we have the neighbor dogs. Because of the turkey. Oh, uh, well, I think my favorite, too, is as, like, she's taking Ralphie up to oh the bathroom gosh. to clean it. And the dad goes, what's wrong? And she goes, nothing, dear. Read your funnies. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so dismissive. And he kind of gives his face, like, what, why am I here? And, just, <laughs> and then he decides, like, this is my time to, to go for the, the turkey. turkey. And then you hear her from upstairs as he's about to cut into the turkey. She's like... Stay away from that turkey. It's that like mom's sixth sense. Where she's like, oh, stay yes. away from that turkey. Well, and the comment was, it needs another hour. You'll get worms. <laughs> Which like my mother is a food scientist. Always love that line. Because yeah. it's completely not true. But you could get other things. And indeed. Yes. Worms don't live in turkeys. They live in fishes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it was also accurate things. Mothers of that time. Oh, scream. yeah. Yeah. But the dogs come in. They tear the turkey apart. And you can see the father's dismay. So this is the Bumpus Hounds from next door. From the Hillbilly Neighbors, which I love that like in in Hammond, well like I forget what the town's supposed to be, but it, Yeah, but it's, it's modeled after like Hammond, which Indiana. is yes. Yeah, the town and the thing is northern Indiana. It starts with an H too, but it's modeled after Hammond, which was where the writer grew up. Terre Haute. Which is near Chicago. No, Terre Haute Chicago. is down southern Illinois. They reference Terre Haute in the line because the line was so long <laughs> it stretched down to southern Indiana. Oh my goodness. My family is from all over the Midwest. Um, I, I lived in tell. Indianapolis for one summer. I kind of know where these places are. <laughs> but, but yeah, like they're like our hillbilly neighbors. And I'm like, I just, the hillbillies are everywhere. It's ubiquitous. <laughs> 
but they just had this like herd of hounds that like just which I, somehow those o- dogs were beautiful though. they really were but they always got into the house i'm like how do you get well, into the house i love that he specifies at the beginning of the movie again setting it up for later the payoff where he's like they couldn't care less about anybody but my father those hounds love like it. love his father so they they decimate the turkey everyone's devastated like the mother again lets out this like ah shriek and but i love the father like pulls himself together and he's like everyone upstairs we're going out for lunch and this is the number one scene where i had issues it's it gets a little racist uh very racist (laughs) by a little i mean very and i mean fair we by the standards of some of the movies we've watched though it's less than some of them, but still, I'm just no. like, why are you making fun of these poor Chinese restaurant operators' well, pronunciation well, the of only, American yeah, like, that's, English that's words? Yeah, that's the issue is the jingle, is, them, yeah. is they're making fun of the pronunciation by seeing Deck the Halls and making all the L's R's. With that stereotype. Yeah. It's like, really? Really? Yeah. But they, they end up at the Chinese restaurant because it's the only place open on Christmas. And though I have to say, I mean, the turkey looked good. Probably that, a, duck. that duck looked amazing. Well, I'm talking about the turkey that the mom oh. had cooked. Looked good, but, but that, that duck probably amazing. Ooh, I was gonna say the food they probably got at that restaurant because that stuff was no. probably yeah. really, really, really good. But I like that the mom's just in hysterical laughter the entire time because she's just like, "What is my Christmas?" But but I think I think that's kind of I know it's not politically correct nowadays, but I still think it's a really funny moment of like kind of like culture trying to understand different cultures mm-hmm. from like them trying to sing carols and them eating duck and it is kind and, of and a when nice moment of, like, of them being like this was a like this holiday was a disaster but like we're still gonna like have dinner together and mm-hmm. the the people who own the restaurant being nice enough to like try you know they're not it. only open but they're also trying to make it Christmassy yeah. for them well and then even the owner being like no it's not fa ra 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 it's fa la 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 so it wasn't like them like correcting them it was the owner being like <laughs> Yeah, uh, I still it just made it's me cringy. Feel. It's cringy yeah, for sure. But me. there is also kind of a nice line at the end of it where Ralphie's like, "And that was the year we were introduced to Chinese turkeys," <laughs> because it's like the kid who obviously has never had Duck. or probably hasn't ever had authentic Chinese food before, and like yeah. because of the disaster with their turkey mm-hmm. ends up there. But it's like you get the idea that maybe they're like, like there was some appreciation for it, which yes. well, I, lessens I, the blow a little. I think that was what they were trying to, cause, cause even the father, like they bring out the duck and the mother's like, ah, cause it's so, but she's full. also still hysterically laughing because she's <laughs> fucking lost it. Exactly. But because the duck still has its full head on it and the dad like tries to explain uh, and the owner's like, is there anything wrong with it? He's like, no, it, it looks beautiful. He's like, it looks amazing, but it is also looking at me. And he, goes, he said, it's smiling at me. <laughs> oh yeah. And then the owner goes, Okay, and then she takes the cleaver and whack with the turkey head or the duck head, and they're all just like, and then just laugh because they're like, yeah. But then they all. My favorite part is if you ever notice what he does with the duck head, he just puts it in one of his pockets, (laughs) (laughs) which is my family's personal favorite. So like, it 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 is a little cringeworthy, but I think also if you're able to get by it, there is like like a learning. It it plays on the stereotype, but there is some nice subtext of like people just trying to like. Do something nice for each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I like very endearing. They were out and he's like, all right, guys, the singing isn't working. Go get the food. We can at least do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. For the food that looked 
freaking amazing. It, did. it really so, made me but, I'm hungry now. Chinese. But it was just like the concept that that well and I guess then they go back to the the home and mm-hmm. one of the sweetest moments that I referenced. Oh yes. my gosh. With the end of the movie. The snow's falling outside mm-hmm. and it's 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 a heavy snow too and the father you When know, you have the, the lights off except for the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the father calls the mother and goes goes look at come look at this and she goes oh it's beautiful and she sits down the armrest next to him and they have their arms around it. And it's kind of the, like no matter what happens you mm-hmm. you get through it, you know, you'll you'll have new traditions that form and things it's like that. It's the idea that like you don't have to be the perfect family but you're still family. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, and you, you still love each other. And in their bed with their toys. So Ralphie's happy. sleeping with the BB gun. Not and I was like, choice. please tell me that's not loaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not the best choice. But I love, they did this multiple times where they would have this very slow zoom into Ralphie as the voiceover is going. They use very much like 30s and 40s yeah. camera techniques a lot of the time. And even with like his fantasies, when you have those blurred faded edges uh-huh. around it, like I just, everything they did was so intentional and so well thought out yes it's a shame really like reading on this how it was not that much of a hit when well, it was released at the time christmas movies were not a huge deal and of course now like we have a friend who's planning a holiday party around the release of the christmas prince three which like, those movies do not merit parties i mean ian please I'm just saying. Watch yourself. But you know but you know what I mean where like it wasn't as big a deal where you didn't just have like people being like I just love uh-huh. the cheese of Christmas. Like and that is the thing with this movie is it is it is funny and there's a bit of dark humor to it but it's also very cheesy like it just mm-hmm. finds the perfect balance between all of those elements, I think. Well, and I think, too, I was reading about, like, because the article I read went through kind of, like, the chronological of, like, mm-hmm. when you think of well-known Christmas movies and, like, the um, Ebenezer Scrooge ones and then um, Holiday Inn and White Christmas and the fact that, like, there really hadn't big been um, – it's Wonderful Life, of course. And all those yeah. kind of came out 40s, 50s. Yeah. And there really had not been a big Christmas movie since then. But this one also kind of, like, harkened back to that age. Yeah. It really just – well, I mean, the same thing with Christmas carols, actually. I once saw an infographic. I'll have to see if I can find it again. But it showed you, like, where all of the, like, most popular Christmas songs Christmas when they carols. were – released and so many of like what we think of as quintessential christmas songs Mm -hmm. are from like 30s 40s 50s and then you don't get a lot of super well-known ones and then you get like feliz navidad and you get all i want for christmas is you but not a lot of others that are considered like classic ones though i would encourage you both to listen to the new Katy perry christmas song it is really good but it has a vintagey vibe to it sia released a christmas album last year that or the year before that i'm still in love with and it's super modern and it's so great oh see the Katy perry one has a vintagey vibe so it's kind of that idea that i think a lot of christmas nostalgia for us as a culture in the u.s at least is kind of and for people who celebrate christmas is kind of wrapped up in a particular time period. And I, what I like about A Christmas Story is it kind of takes yeah. that, but then it also is like, oh, yeah, but remember, it wasn't as bright and shiny yeah. as Which, you sometimes remember, but like in an endearing way. Ultimately, I agree, but I, I kind of think that there's more nuance to how we view Christmas because it, it feels like the nostalgia of Christmas is usually very white and very middle class. Right. Which Well, it goes with the idea of the American to unpack. It goes with the idea of the American dream (laughs) from the fifties and that era of the nuclear family, the middle class Mm -hmm. family, like you have your home and everything, and I think a Christmas story is a little bit subversive of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously like the main cast is still is still like 
white and I would say probably we don't know what the dad does but probably they're middle class middle they're class. they're middle yes. class maybe not upper middle but they're definitely middle so yeah. they have there's a car. still some of that only one of them works yeah so like, like it's it's the idea that it's like oh it wasn't all like perfect and shiny and everything yeah. but they do still like they are playing to like a specific cultural memory uh-huh. but anyway I think as <laughs> you can tell by our copious amounts of reminiscing. I think we all find this film to be extremely relatable yes, and I like, do speaks say, to our own experience. Normally we do rankings at this point. I know we've all shared some stories, but does anyone have like a, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be Christmas, but a family holiday disaster story they would like to share? Since we did watch another, fi- even though they were fictional, but another family suffer through one for an hour and a half. So mine wasn't a disaster, but like early on when my dad first retired from the military and his first job like it you had to bid for your schedule so like for the first couple years he, he was never able to be home for christmas so we did like go spend christmas in a hotel by where he was working <laughs> so that we could spend christmas together which i thought was kind of sweet so That's maybe sweet. not a disaster but yeah we used to do christmas not on christmas so we could travel on christmas mm-hmm. to see family yeah yeah, I'm not sure. I don't remember anything. Like, travel was always a thing. So yeah. We always traveled in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and there's always a snowstorm around <laughs> holidays there was for Thanksgiving oh, this yes. year, I'm sure. And I just remember one. It always seemed we were somehow stuck on a snowbound highway with not moving traffic with, like, less than a quarter of a tank <sighs> left. <laughs> like... This is not an uncommon situation that we found ourselves in year after year. <laughs> like, why does this keep happening? <laughs> but it was Christmas. Yeah. Mine oh, wasn't Christmas, but a couple of Thanksgivings ago, my parents' power went out. And my parents only live, they live like less than an hour and a half away from Atlanta. And so I was like sitting there and like the power goes out. It is Thanksgiving Day. So like no one's coming to fix it. It's cold. <laughs> We, my mom was in the middle of cooking, so we don't really have a ton of food. And I was like, mm, I have an apartment in Atlanta that has power. And I looked at my mom and I was like, um, so I feel terrible about this. But And she just goes, take your sister with you. So my sister <laughs> came with me and my sister and I spent Thanksgiving. My mom said like a ton of food with us too because she was like, Gotta cook it. It's not going to be cooked, so you get to cook it. And so my sister and I spent Thanksgiving um, hanging out in my apartment in Atlanta, and we felt really bad because we abandoned our parents. Why didn't you invite them to come with? I did. My mom was like, no. Oh, okay. She's like, well, we got it. That's it's their fine. Homebodies. It's, so. prob- it's probably for the best anyway. I don't have a very large apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably one of the more unconventional Thanksgivings I had was last year. Because when you're deployed with FEMA, oh yeah, you were overseas. They only allow you. Well, technically, Puerto Rico is America, but um, but you were you did have to fly over AC. Yes, indeed. I was I was stuck in the Caribbean, but you know, <laughs> poor Emma stuck in the Caribbean. <laughs> but you know, when you're when you're there on work, it's a little less enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. But it was kind of cute. Like all the contractors kind of came together, and we like kind of cooked what we could in our hotel rooms, Aww. and like had this like really jank ass potluck. Luckily, That's the best. one of them had like a kitchenette. In there so yeah. we actually did get like a turkey turkeys are kind of hard to find in puerto rico just I can imagine. so um but yeah no it came together it was unusual but it was cute we all kind of sent text messages to the whole group oh. that was together this year saying you know wishing each other. it's just you make the best of any situation and, and i mean that comes down to that's what this movie is about it really is yeah so anyway i definitely think it is a cultural touchstone i do too at this I point agree. 
So highly good. recommend it. Would highly recommend. Um, you can join us next time where we'll be talking about another cultural touchstone, mm-hmm. White Christmas. And in the meantime, you can find us on social media. We are at Best Pictures Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com if you have like more long form stuff you want to talk to us about. We always love hearing from you guys. Mm -hmm. And I think that takes care of it. Rate, subscribe, review always helps us out. And thank you so much to Emma for joining us for this very entertaining and for picking the movie. Oh, yes. Sure. Anytime you need consultation from a northerner, I'm happy to help. <laughs> we will call you up. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so thanks for listening. And as Maggie said, join us next time for a white Christmas.